Welcome back to the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast. Today we have Matt the Immortal Brown, a man who's fought everybody and a man who I shared my career with and also shared the octagon with. That is right. I fought Matt. For those of you who remember, didn't go my way. So I'm not going to try to convince you otherwise for those of you that don't remember. But, uh, yeah, it was a great fight, you know, to be honest. Like, it, it was, you know, it's not just the, the result that, that, that makes a fight. You know, it's the buildup. It's the anticipation. It's the excitement. You know, he's a great competitor that I always wanted to fight up until that point. Uh, I think he probably felt the same way. Similar styles, you know, kill or be killed. We knew someone was going down for sure. And when you go in there like that, that alpha tension is just – it's it's something you you can't feel anywhere else you know it's like two animals going in there and and fighting each other so i think you know for that reason we both kind of enjoyed that fight obviously he enjoyed it more because he got the win but you know either way it went it was it was it was cool to get in there with this guy and uh, he's a great guy um you know i want to see what he's been up to i haven't really talked to him to be honest with you a lot since then um so it's going to be cool to catch up to him and see what he's up to see what he's been doing He's had a lot of fights since we fought, so uh, we're not going to obviously cover all of it, but we can definitely cover some of it, and he's got a huge fight coming up that just got uh, booked. I'm not sure if it's signed for sure. Uh, We'll find out today, but I'm pretty sure it's signed. It's all over the internet. Him and Carlos Condit, what a great opponent. I love Carlos Condit, too. Uh, Very scrappy fighter uh, who's just another guy who's fought everybody. I mean, this this is just an unbelievable match at an unbelievable time in both of these guys' careers. And it's going to be a phenomenal fight coming up on January 30th. So we're, we're getting ahead here, and we're going to talk to Matt right here as he's starting his fight camp, getting ready for this fight, finding out what he's been doing, what he's been up to, uh, how he's preparing for this fight, and I'm sure we'll get into a lot of other stuff. So let's talk to Matt. All right, Matt, welcome to the show, bud. Uh, thanks for having me. It's been a while, man. I think, uh, I think the last... <laughs> I think the last time I saw you, you were beating the shit out of me in the octagon. So this is a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, that's what we do, though, right? Yeah, it was fun. It was a fun night, kind of, for a while. <laughs> for me, more fun for you. More fun for you. Um, how's everything going up there, man? Really good. Um, just getting into shape, man. And, good, you know, just getting back and just trying to deal with this corona bullshit and trying to keep the gym alive so I can train my balls off so i can whoop this motherfucker's ass man yeah i'm gonna get into that for sure uh so how how is the the covid thing happening up there or not happening but how is it like affecting you guys is it like are there strict guidelines and and how are you getting your training in and everything i've been training the whole time through it so i I just didn't really i'm not one of those guys that's like scared of yeah getting sick or, or anything like that um, in terms of my gym, though, it kind of fucked my gym over, you, you know, like it, it, it left us hanging. And, um, you know, we were very, very close to shutting down. Fortunately, I, I just got a lot of members that were supportive through the whole thing. And, um, you know, they really stepped up and like had people paying other people's memberships. And, you know, it was, it was very impressive for my members, what they did. So the gym just barely stayed alive. Um you know, today they're talking about another shutdown possibly. So yeah. uh, there's a press conference later today. I'm going to find out about. So, but in terms of my own training, I mean, I just, I mean, you know how it is, man. You know, all I need to, I don't need anything at all. I walk outside and train, you know, yeah, <laughs> and I yeah. go shadow box and jog through the streets. <laughs> and, um, 
you know, so there's never no excuse for me not training, but for my, my gym members, it's different. Yeah, man. I mean, it's good to hear that, uh, things worked out with your gym, man. Like, you know, I have a gym here. I was like, my optimistic ass came over here and built one of the biggest gyms in the world. And then all of a sudden Thailand decided, well, not, well, they decided after the COVID virus to shut the borders down and all my customers can't come in. And so it's been like literally eight months of no customers. Like who in the world could predict that? And it's like, that was like no part of my business plan to predict that I was going to be shut down for like eight solid months with like, like we were shut down maybe three months completely, but then like the rest of the months, everyone's kicked out of the country. So it's like only the few foreign locals. And so it's like, we have like, I don't even know, not that many, not that many customers. So I feel you brother. It's tough, man. It's, it's tough. And then the worst part is we don't know how long it's going to go. So it's like, it'd be one thing yeah. if it's like, okay, February, everything's going to be back to normal and we can resume our lives and, and get back on track. But it's like, there's just no way of knowing because it's all agenda based, I think. Um, and I think that it's just like, it changes every day. And like, ugh, it's just so frustrating, man. So I feel you and, and I'm glad it's working out and I hope it continues to work out for you and, and relieve that stress so you can focus on your fight. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Um, well, what is it like over in Thailand? I, I didn't. I, I forgot you had a gym over there. Yeah, um, I was going to ask you too, man. You, you, I know you wanted to come to Thailand. I know you're a fan of Sanshai and 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 those guys, and you watch a lot of Muay Thai, and 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 you wanted to come to Thailand. Did you ever? You never made it, I guess, right? Yeah, I've never made the trip. So you know, my my Muay Thai coach kind of brings it to me, I guess. You know, he he's lived over there for 15 years. You probably know him, Dorian Price, and yep. um, he he brings it to me. So, but I've always wanted to make the trip. And I hope to someday. Yeah, so I'm in Phuket. So it's like an island kind of on the south of, uh, of Thailand. And it's uh, it's kind of like the fight. Man, it's like the for sure it's 100% the fight mecca of the world. Like it's hard to explain, but it's like it's like fight island, like the real fight island. I mean, it's like it's one island and it's there's more gyms and fight organizations and teams and 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 it's it's literally like that's why we built here um obviously it's got not only is it fight island where so many not only fighters but just fitness enthusiasts you get a lot of the crossfitters and the the people that are wanting the healthy lifestyle and and train hard and do the crossfit type workouts so you got like those guys you got the alpha male fighters uh, and female obviously um and then it's just, it's on this beautiful island. So you got like the, the serene environment with the waves and the islands and the, the food and the coconuts and the monkeys and all the crazy animals and stuff. So it's just kind of a perfect environment. And for me, like, it kind of ties back to our fight. Like I came back and I'd already planned to like, like I never planned to fight so long. I wanted to fight long enough to do something else. And then my goal was to build, I've been coming to Thailand for 20 years. So my goal was to build a big gym in Thailand and, and eventually do that. And so I, I had like a big injury and had three years off, came back and fought UFC on Fox four against Demarcus Johnson. And that was supposed to be my big fight, my big, hopefully big win and like cash in and then come over to Thailand and start building, you know, AK Thailand. And then after I got the win, uh, that's when I got the call from Jill Silva. And he's like, hey, UFC on Fox wants you again for UFC on Fox 5, Matt Brown. And it's like all those things together. Was just, then greed set in because like I knew I, my, my eyes rolled back in my head when I got that call because I'm like, I know I'm going to say yes to this fight. But like I want to go back to Thailand. But it's like I wanted to double down. You know what I mean? Like it's like the greed in me because I knew you were such a good fucking fight for me because – you're a good fighter. You, you're pressure. You, you're a striker. You're like that same Demarcus type fighter, but at a higher level mm -hmm. of like, you know, I knew it was going to be exciting. It was going to be good for the fans. And I had a chance to like double down and get a, 
bigger win and like, you know, finish even stronger or get a, a loss and kind of ruin everything kind of as far as my legacy of my, my retirement. So my greed set in, I doubled down, stayed, fought, and yeah, you, you finished. Was that, the, was that your last fight? <laughs> You know what? It wasn't, but technically the, the, the DeMarcus fight was supposed to be my last. Then you ended up was going to be my last. And then my competitiveness, just I hated losing on that, that, that term. Yeah, I hated losing by knockout. That, that was the only fight I've ever been really knocked out. Like I've never been put to the hospital before. I've never had to go to the hospital for a checkup because, you know, my injuries or whatever in any fight in my life. So um, that was a, a devastating loss for me. Um, and so I didn't want to end on those terms for me. You know, I know you, you can't ever predict how you're going to end. So I had one more fight after I built the gym to kind of promote the gym, have fun. It was a Conor McGregor card. I fought a tough guy uh, who was like a lot younger than me. And it, and it was fun. I lost uh, by decision, but it was a fun fight. And, and I wasn't going out there to try to be a champion. So it wasn't like I was, you know, it was fun. And it was a good way to kind of like wrap it up a lot better than, than your fight, <laughs> even though you were a great opponent and it was a great night and it was a great show. I just hated that, you know, as you know, you hate having a bad loss. I, I know you've talked about having losses before where uh, the Ellenberger fight, I think you said, or something where, you know, you hate those losses where, you know, they, 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 they hit you in, in certain areas. And so I wanted to come back and do something else, but it was a good match, man. It was good that we got to mix it up. And, and I'd wanted that fight for a while with you because I just think our styles match so well going in there. And what was your thoughts? Like when, when they, when they called you and asked you to fight me, what were your thoughts on that fight? Um, <clears throat> well, I think, like I told you, you know, I was a fan of yours for a long time. Um, man, I, I love your style, you know, the fast hands and, um, you know, I was nervous and I was like, you know, this could go one of two ways. Somebody's getting knocked out. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I didn't really, you know, it was a long time ago, <clears throat> you know, but I've had a lot of fights, man. <laughs> I can, yeah. I can barely even remember it at, at this point, <laughs> but, yeah. um, you know, I, that I, if I remember right, I mean, that was just, I just had a perfect camp straight yeah. through, man, you know, you look good man. Um, from what I, you know, you kind of didn't and you know that, but that's, you know, that, <clears throat> that's why it's hard to bet on this sport, man. You know, you can wake up on the wrong side of the bed and you know, that, you know, you, you could do perfect for six months and then you wake up on the wrong side of the bed one day and have a bad night. And, or, you know, you could, two people could fight at eight o'clock and one guy wins at eight thirty. a different guy would have won. You know, it, it's just, uh, you got 15 minutes to get in there and get it done. And, you know, so I, I don't try to, cheer on my victories too much and don't take the losses too hard and <clears throat> just move forward and, you know, just bite down my mouthpiece and keep moving forward, man. That's all yeah. I can do. And, you know, like I'm coming off a big loss right now and that was probably uh, the most devastating loss of my career. You know, like it was during the coronavirus uh, first shutdown shit and, yeah. you know, and that shit really, really fucked with me hard, man. Like, yeah. like I was going you know, I, I mean, I, I could go through the long story and everything, but, you know, it, I, I wasn't ready for that fight. And and that's what hurts. Right. Like, I'm, I'm sure um, you understand, you know, wh when you're not ready, that's what 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 fucks you up, man. Absolutely. Um, it, it, I've had some, you know, some fights where I was ready and lost and it didn't bother me. I said, OK, I did the best I could when you're not ready. It sucks, man. So. So now I'm just, again, bite down my mouthpiece, walking forward, and uh, this time Carlos Condit's going to get it. So who cares what happened in the past, man? I'm going to move on and um, 
you know, knock this motherfucker out and and go forward. Yeah, how did this? So I know that like you you had this last fight, and first of all, I want to ask you how you how you're coming back over this fight. I mean, you you've came off of losses, great. And off of wins, great. I mean, you've had so many fights. I mean, and, and since our fight, and like you said, you've had a lot of fights, man. It seems like since we fought, I was at the end of my career. I was ready to get out. I, my mind was in Thailand. So I was like, you made it even faster for me to, to get on that plane and get the fuck out of America and leave the UFC. That was not a good experience. I was like, I had no, no, no problems leaving after that. Um, but you just went on a tear. Like You were fighting the biggest names and just kept going. Like You were just fighting everybody. How, how do you overcome this last fight? And get prepared mentally for someone like Carlos. And how is Carlos different now, uh, in your like where you're at in your career, and he is at in his career compared to if y'all had a fought when y'all were supposed to what one or two times before, like two years ago or something? Twice. Yeah. So yeah, so twice before. Yeah, and I got hurt both times, so uh, that's my bad that it didn't happen both times. Um, I think the last one was three years ago. I tore my ACL. Um, the one before that was like five years ago, I herniated a disc in my back the week before. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm ready this time. I'm in a better place than I've been in a long time. Um, I don't know where Carlos is at. Um, he looked pretty decent in his last fight. I, he didn't look like he was the way that he was five years ago or, or four years or whatever, you know, back in his, uh, prime. So I think a lot of people are thinking that I'm probably out of my prime, but I think I have a better <clears throat> group around me than I've ever had. You know, I built my own gym where I wasn't, <clears throat> where I was no longer going to other people's gyms and kind yeah. of following their systems and doing it their way. Um, I built my own gym. We're doing it my way. I got the people around me that, that I have uh, hired or, or, or consulted with to bring in, um, you know, we're doing it my way. And we're going, we're doing it hard as fuck. And you know, I'm, like I said, I'm going to be in a better place than I've ever been in. So good. whatever happens, happens. But but I'm going to be in a good place and I'm going to go in there and I'm going to put it on them. Yeah. And so getting over this last fight, like obviously, you know, I know you're you're a fighter. So you understand you can't talk about crazy, you know, excuses and all that. We have to just suck it up, which is what makes our job so unique. But given I, I assume there's there's things that went wrong and 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 went maybe not right or or out of place or whatever for certain camps in that camp or whatever are you doing everything to focus on making sure everything goes right uh for this camp i know you have a couple months to go and 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 are you in a position to make everything kind of happen right so you can show up and and fight how, how you feel the most comfortable and, and the best of your abilities yeah that's exactly right and you know i could sit here and go through all the reasons that i lost the last fight but if i if, if I mention them as reasons, then they're taking as excuses to everybody else. So, so I don't give a fuck. You know, the, the past does not indicate my future. Absolutely, um, it happened. Like, you know, um, Miguel Beza, the, the the guy that I fought last. You know, he's a, a up and coming guy. And you know, to be straight up, I just underestimated him. You know, I just yeah. I thought I'd walk in there and knock him out right away, and it'd be a quick night. Um, I almost did, but I didn't. So, uh, good for him. I uh, hope he does great things. I hope he has a great life. And um, I'm going to make sure it doesn't happen to me again. Yeah, I'm excited for this fight, man. It's it's a crazy fight. I got Carlos coming on the podcast up, upcoming soon. But uh, 
I'm super excited for you guys, man. Like this is a this is a fight that could have happened at any time in all of our careers, you know, and it just never did. So yeah. it, it's it's a great great uh, great time for this to happen and, and to see you guys go in there and mix it up. Uh, what is it that motivates you the most at this stage of your career, uh, being that you've had so many fights and that, that you're 39? And what is it that motivates you the most as far as getting in there and and w winning this fight and beating a guy like Carlos? Um, probably my kids motivate me the most. You know, I have three kids now and. Um, you know, I just love inspiring them. And every day I get up, uh, excuse me, you know, my throat's all fucked up today. Um, you know, my kids, man, they, they really, um, they come to my gym almost every day and they're, and they're just, you know, giving me a lot of motivation. They're inspiring me every day. So, you know, that, that's probably my big motivator, but ultimately, um, you know, this is what I was, was meant to do. This is what I was born to do. So, um, I just stay disciplined and I, and I do what, what I need to do to uh, live the dream that I set out on, you know, this path, what, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, I'm just staying true to who I am, man. This is who I am. This is what I love doing. And, um, you know, I, I'm going to do it till, well, till the fucking wheels fall off. Man. Yeah. yeah. Are, are your kids proud? Like, are they excited to see you train and see you fighting stuff? Like I assume oh, they are, of course. Love it, They're into yeah, it, it's huh? Not, it's not, nothing like having the kids in the gym and watching me train. And, yeah. You know, my daughter's, you know, my, my daughter says it all the time. You know, she's only five years old, and she's always talking about how I'm going to beat up Carlos Condit. And, <laughs> you, know, talk, you know, there's no motivator like that, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, man. And what do, what do you think about like the guys that are that are coming up now? Obviously, we saw the resurgence of Masvidal in, in this division, and and he's an old school like us who just kind of had a great 2019, had a huge fight with with Usman, got a huge uh, draw on pay per view and stuff like that. What do you think about these guys at the top now? With like, because uh, you were there after you fought me, fighting these top guys, Robbie and all them. Um, what do you think about uh, Masvidal and and Usman being at the top and Colby, like like these guys that are that are up there now? It's a different world now, right? Um, yeah. You know, the, the whole the whole scene has changed, man. Um, there's a lot of promotion going on. There's a lot of, uh, you know, shit talking and, you know, personalities being magnified through the UFC. Um, there's a lot of this. And um, and that's cool. You know, I, I don't really, to be honest, I don't really pay a ton of attention to everything. Um, I love watching the fights. I love, I still love the sport to death. Um, this is all I do, but... Uh, my focus uh, a lot uh, now is a lot more on myself and um, hardening myself and 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 growing every day, man. You know, and that, and that's what it's really about. And I think that takes uh, I don't know. For me, it took years of wisdom to learn that. Right. Instead yeah. of, you know, when I was a kid, I was uh, or younger, I should say, I, I was caught up in everything, you know, especially you start getting up there in the the top five you're just caught up in the whole scene and and now I'm, I'm like dude i don't even give a shit man i don't care what everybody else is doing i don't care uh what people are saying or or anything like i i barely even do social media anymore i'm just like i like you know my life is on the mats man yeah you know and I, I don't care about the whole i, I don't care about anything man I, I like being on the fucking mats and bleeding and sweating uh with my friends and um, that camaraderie and, and and that's what this shit it's all about yeah and i feel like right now with both of y'all's careers where you're at that's why this is going to be such a great fight man because you guys are fighting for the love of the sport i mean it's not like 
you're on title contention fighting for the title of the next fight where there's that pressure or or it's like one fight or two fight whatever the case you, you guys are both legends of the sport that's been out there fought everybody and now you're getting to mix it up together and like you have nothing but to enjoy it. I mean, that, that's, that's you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. not like, so it's got to be a fun fight. And it's two scrappy guys. I mean, you're talking about, I mean, to me, it seems like a really scrappy fight. Like, both of you guys must be going into this, like, holy shit, man. Both of you got to be a little bit nervous. I mean, both of you got very, you know, very high knockout ratios. I don't think Carlos has been knocked out. And not that it matters. I mean, obviously, anybody can get knocked out. But he's only had, like, a TKO, I think, to his leg or something, like 15 so it's like it's a scrappy fight, man, and it's got to be exciting, and uh, especially with the motivation that you have to just go in there and have fun and mix it up and not worry about any of this other stress and bullshit. No, that's exactly right. And, you know, he's never been knocked out, but I think this will be the first time. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of everybody is excited. It's going to be a, a scrappy fight and all this and that, but I, I don't see it the same. You know, I think it's going to be a dominant fight. I think I'm going to uh, take him and – uh, put them where I want them when I want them, and I'm gonna finish them. Yeah, and you can do it, brother. Let me tell you, it makes you feel any better. Um, I've only been knocked down twice in my entire career, and the only TKO I've ever lost to was I got knocked down, and I was still kind of going after Lieben, and then they stopped it. So you're the only person that's ever hit me with that power that's put me like clean out from the feet. So I, I have to believe you, and, and everyone that's listening, you you definitely have that power. I've had 40 fights, amateur and pro. And I've never been hit like that. So, yeah, you definitely – I don't think it matters the fact that he's never been knocked out. You know, it can happen to anyone at any time. What do you think about the UFC uh, doing this COVID? And, and it looks like you're going to probably fight in Yoss Island, uh, I think, right? Fight Island, it looks like, for January 30th? Um, I heard Las Vegas. but oh, it might be Vegas? Contract says, the contract says TBD, so – I right. assume they're kind of leaving it open-ended just in case. What do you think about the whole, like, the way the UFC's carried on with this thing? I know you fought in Jacksonville or whatever, and it was it was probably similar, but now it's like Star Wars. I mean, it almost, the way they, they, they quarantine people and they're wearing spacesuits and doing this whole thing and, you know, they stay in your room for two days. What do you think about that? And, like, how is that going to affect you? I don't know how your fight week is and, like, like your, your travel thing in case you have to go to Yas or whether it's Vegas or whatever. Is it going to affect you any or is it just going to be just a process that you're going to deal with and, and, and be another day? Um, I'll tell you, the first time when I did in Jacksonville, it did affect me some, you know, it threw me off a little bit. Like, um, you know, I've had again. I've had so many fights in the UFC. I've, I kind of just have a routine. I'm just used right. to a certain yep. way that things are done, and um, I'm one of those routine guys. You know, like I get up at the same time every morning. I, I go to the gym at the same time, um, and that routine helps me. And I, one of the things I've, I've, um, I'll be focusing on, particularly for this fight, is to be more adaptable. Um, I think that was a mistake I made in my last fight. Um, like no crowd threw me the fuck off. I mean, I, I, like you said, I, I got like 40, 50 fights, you know, probably closer to 50. A lot of them aren't listed, but, you know, I've never not had a crowd, you know. So and then I go in for the first time. I don't have a crowd and um, it threw me the fuck off, man. Um, you know, and I can admit that. Um, and I think that's important to be able to admit that so that I can go in there and fix it this time. You know, nothing's going to throw me off this time. I'm, I'm focusing on uh, or I'll be prepared for any distractions that come. Um, what you know, whether it's quarantine or you know maybe, or, or if you know maybe Carlos gets Corona and I get a different opponent. I mean, <clears throat> we just don't know what's going to happen. So um, I'm gonna focus on myself, be prepared, and uh, be ready to go in there and fuck up whoever stands across the cage from me. Yeah, I hear you, man. At least you got that out of the way with the Jacksonville thing. It'll probably just be minimal changes since then.
All right, I want to thank our sponsors really fast. And our first is Manscaped, the official trimmer of the UFC, and now the official trimmer of the Real Quick with Mike Swick podcast. The best below-the-waist men's grooming product on the market by far. Precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And you can get 20% off right now at manscaped.com, M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com, by entering code QUICK at checkout, and you get free shipping as well. So you get 20% off plus free shipping. And because you enter the code QUICK, it lets Manscaped know that I sent you through the podcast, so you support the podcast, you get a great deal, it works for everybody. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by AKA Thailand, the world's premier luxury training resort here in Phuket, Thailand. Any information that you need can be found at akthailand.com or if you have any questions, info at akthailand.com. And if you're not familiar with the gym, here's our commercial. What's up, everybody? I am here in Thailand. This is the first time I've ever been here. Been dying to come here for years. Mike Swick, he's one of the big reasons he's been trying to pull me down here. What he built down here, AKA Thailand, is incredible. There's people here from all over the world. You can train mixed martial arts here, jujitsu. They have weightlifting, they have cardio, and obviously they have Muay Thai, boxing, everything. telling you guys, I know everybody wants to go to Thailand because Thailand's so cool, but you can't come to Thailand without coming to AKA Thailand. Come on. What do you think about guys like Hamzai coming in, uh, like in that division two and, and getting such big hype so, so, so fast and, and rising so fast. And then how do you break that fight down with him and like Leon Edwards being that Leon is a, a tough ass <laughs> 170. I mean, like that's a huge task. Yeah. I mean, talk about yeah, checking somebody's hype. Step. That's going to check it for sure. You know? Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see because I, I don't think that I'm to spot anyone that's going to bring what Leon brings. So we're really going to find out a lot about Hamza for sure. Um, and I'll tell you, man, they've hyped a lot of people before, and I always questioned it at first, you know, like, like Connor, for instance. Yeah. You know, I never thought he would do what he did. Um, I didn't see it. Um, the UFC, these guys, they got an eye for that shit. You know, Dana yeah. and Sean, those guys, they got an eye for it, man. So I don't take away from what they see anymore, man. They, they seem to really know what they're doing on that. So, um this Hamza guy might be all that, man. But if there's a guy that we're going to find out if he's all that, it's going to be Leon Edwards. Absolutely. And props to Leon for taking that fight, right? Yeah. Uh, he didn't. Need, he did not need to take that fight, and you know he deserves a bigger fight. And he seems he seems like he's fine with it. He he wants he wants to prove. And, and I guess you know it does help. I know he's not like a huge ranked fighter, Hamza. He's got a lot of hype. But because of that hype, it does help Leon. You know, it, it does. It doesn't like hurt him to 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 beat this guy if he beats him. You know what I mean? Like it's gonna it's gonna be a big win for Leon if he does get through Hamza and destroy that hype. So I think it does, uh, you know, play to his advantage in that regard. But yeah, you're right. I mean, he, he could wait it out and fight a different guy, and 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 Hamza could be the real deal. And and if he derails. You know, Leon. Leon's in trouble now. Now Leon's got to crawl back up to the top against a guy who could be the next Habib, yeah. 
and yet he's got to still crawl up to the top as if he wasn't. You know, he's just an unranked fighter. Yeah, and, uh, and if Leon beats him, I mean, you know, a lot of people are gonna be like, "Oh, the guy was just hype," you know. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah, so props That's to Leon, man. You know, he's a soldier, bro. So you know, and he, and he, he I, I like that he hasn't changed who he is. You know, he's not trying to be a, a jail son and to get a title fight or something. You know, he he's like he's just keeping on, keeping on, and he, he's fighting his heart out and put on great performances and um you know props to him man i hope he gets what he deserves do you think it's gonna be a good fight with connor and poirier as well you think that's gonna be a good match the second time around man yeah, it'll definitely be a good fight um and i lean towards poirier this time yeah um, I, I lean towards him maybe like 60 40 um just you know the fact he's more active and you know uh connor just isn't active enough you know i um Poirier's going to be in there. Poirier knows what it's like to win and lose. I think he's found his rhythm a lot better. Of course, Khabib put a stop to that, but that's Khabib, you know? Yeah, that's of a course. Different, completely different style matchup. And, um, but I think Poirier knows a lot better now who he is. He's more confident. He's more comfortable in there. And I, I think if he gets ahead of Connor in the fight, that's what's going to really uh, be a problem for Connor to come back. Yeah. You know, if if he if if he just gets ahead a little bit, you know, get, gets a few points racked up, and then and then Connor's, you know, he's going to be questioning himself. Whereas Poirier could come down, get down a little bit, and he's going to keep fighting on. Yeah. Um, you know, and and that's all speculation, but um, that's what I what I see. Yeah, I think Connor's got to be really strong in that first round, and he is. He's good in the first anyway, yeah. but he's got to be real good and put a put a, some big damage in there. Um, and with Habib's retirement, I think, you know, I'm his teammate and, and I still don't know. We, we all don't know what's going to happen as far as him coming back. But I think that rides a lot on that fight with, with, with Connor and Poirier. If Connor wins, I think that would be one of the biggest fights ever is that, that rematch between Habib and Connor. But what do you think about that with yeah. Habib retiring? Like, I mean, if he does, whether he retires or not, what do you think about the fact that he's retired now kind of at 29 and 0, only losing a couple rounds? Like, like, what do you think about that? I mean, that's, it's pretty crazy to have someone of, of that level be in our sport today and, and kind of like walk away like that, you know, whether he comes back or not. Um, there's probably not a champion that I look up to as much as Khabib, man, yeah. the way he carries himself. Um, you know, I may not agree with him on everything, but the, you know, the way he carries himself, the way he holds true to his honor and, and his morals. And, um, and he's just a savage, savage fighter, man. Fucking love the way he fights. And I, I love the way he carries himself. So, uh, I, if there's a fighter to look up to, I think it's going to be. Yeah. And then there's talk now with like, just recently as of the last couple of days, I mean, it started immediately when Habib became the pound for pound greatest. And I know you've had this discussion before a long time ago about John Jones being the pound for pound and, and your, your thoughts on that. And then John just took immediate assault on Habib, you know, and like, I'm with you at, at your thoughts back then. I don't know how your thoughts are right now, but I feel the same way. Like I love John Jones. I think he's one of the best fighters that the sport's ever seen and has the potential or had the potential to be one of the best. But I, I, I think that when you do cheat and, and you know, whether he says, I mean, his comeback is that, you know, it got overturned or whatever, but he has two fights on his record that got overturned and aren't wins. And I think one was for di disqualification, which is a cheating move. I mean, there should be a flaw for, for choosing to cheat during a fight and it going to the other opponent. There should be some slight flaw for that. Uh, and then obviously the overturned fight because of the failed test, 
then obviously the the controversial wins, then you got the the loss of rounds and then all these things. I think, you know, Khabib is definitely pound for pound and I don't think there's an argument. And I think DC's correct in saying when you cheat, you kind of take yourself out of that predicament. And and even though Jones has came back and said, "Well, DC, you know, you it was a weird comeback, but he's like, you you know, you lost your fight and quit." I mean, come on, DC isn't trying to say he's the GOAT. Yeah, of course he can quit. He retired. He's 42 years old. <laughs> That's what you do when you get 42 <laughs> years old. You you quit, you retire, you know? But it's like, what's your take on this whole thing with him coming back like that and being so petty? Because, like, I'm surprised of his level and nature that he's so petty about this and doesn't see that when you cheat, like, what other sport allows you to cheat and be one of the greatest? Right, right. And, I mean, I agree with DC on that, and – I agree that his record is tainted, and but also I, I think the whole pound for pound debate is a, a fruitless debate too. I mean, yeah. it's a you know it's just a, it's ridiculous. Um, it's a fun thing to talk about, you know, like this and everything, but you know what does it mean? You know, <laughs> it doesn't go anywhere. But uh, yeah, I totally agree. You know, if, if you look at the, the greatest ever, I mean, if you just look at resumes, you got John Jones, and if you look at behind the scenes, then you got to be. Yeah. Or, or really, I, I lean more, I personally, uh, just uh, personally lean more towards GSP. Um, I know he's got, you know, um, his couple losses, you know, which of course he avenged right away. Um, but when I look at just a holistic um, athlete um, and the way that we watched him grow, the way that uh, he's performed, um, the way he carried himself, you know, I, I just a, a holistically, uh, to me, GSP is the greatest ever. Of course, you know, when you look at um, uh, objectively resumes and stuff like that, I mean, John Jones is easily the best. Yeah, I think it's a division kind of because it's like, I think uh, the, when you talk about a GOAT, the greatest ever do it, I think that's so opinionated, right? I don't think anyone's going to always have the same opinion. That's a, very, that's a very opinionated kind of thing. It's not an official ranking. And when you say pound for pound, it is Habib. I mean, there's no question because John Jones gave up his title. He's not even, he's not even like in the, in the pool right now. So Habib technically hasn't given up his belt yet. You know what I mean? So, of course, he's definitely. So that's why I think this whole thing is kind of silly in regard. Like, I agree with you. It's kind of silly anyway because GOAT is kind of opinionated. You know, there's going to be people that's going to think the greatest is going to be, you know, it, my opinion is what I said. Yours is what you said. But I do think you know, there's flexibility in that opinion there. You know, it's, it's not like yeah. an official ranking, you know, it's going to like carry on and, you know. Right. Right. Yeah. It, it doesn't mean anything in the end, but, uh, you know, and we can't forget about Anderson either. Yeah. You know, you look, in you, his you, prime, you look I mean, at his run in the day and the way he toyed with people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, again, you know, got to look at it more, or I look at it uh, more holistically, you know, again, if you look at just simply the resume, I mean, John Jones has the best resume. I mean, he beat so many champions. And um, but if you look at you know how we beat guys and um, you know the close rounds, you know some of them are older too. A couple of fights. Some, yeah, some of yeah, those legends yeah, were like a little bit older. Yeah, yeah. There's that, and then you know there's a couple of fights that some people would say John Jones lost, right? Yeah. Um, was it the uh, Tiago Santos? I mean, a lot of people thought yep. that he lost that fight. Absolutely. And I, I think there. I think there was another one that's not come to mind too, where, you know, it was kind of debatable. Yep. Um, you know, that there was, you know, we're looking like a, a, a Anderson. I mean, he knocked the motherfuckers out yeah. <laughs> a lot of people. And then, um, <laughs> for a long time. 
for a long time, yeah. for a long time. <laughs> you know, that, again, that's why I, I always go back to GSP. You know, like I mean, he dominated round after round, and and I think Khabib is, you know, again, my own opinion when I look at him holistically. You know, Khabib is right behind GSP, and if he keeps fighting, I think he would surpass him. Yeah, there's just a lot of ways to look at it. I mean, like I said, like that's a great point you made with Anderson. I mean, if you look at people and can can actually pinpoint their prime, that would be a whole different argument than than what's what happens now because yeah. these guys fight out of the prime. I mean, he just lost Uriah Hall. I, I mean, I love Uriah Hall. I think he's a great fighter. I don't think Uriah Hall would beat Anderson Silva back when I was fighting. When, you know, when I was a middleweight, that would be a whole different fight. So it's like you know, you, if you put all these variables in there, there's a whole different a whole different kind of formula. Uh, two guys that I think you looked up to, probably I assume you looked up to. We all did. Uh, what do you think about uh, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. coming back, having this big fight this month? Like, what are your thoughts on that? Because they they do look fantastic on the pads and in the gym. It doesn't mean everything, but like I'm I'm kind of thinking it might be a decent fight. That could definitely be a decent fight. Um, I've never actually looked up to Mike Tyson a lot. Um, really? I thought, I've always thought he's the most overrated boxer in the history of boxing. Oh, wow. Um, Roy Jones, I've looked up to a ton. Uh, I think, you know, Roy's one of the best ever. You know, these guys don't need to be fighting, man. I hope, I just hope no, no one walks out of that fight with brain damage. You know, yeah. I hope no one gets knocked out. I hope they put on a great fight and everybody enjoys it. But, uh, you know, I, I got to hope the best for these guys that they can, um, Th their brains stay intact after the fight both of them have taken enough damage throughout their careers they don't need no more brain damage particularly roy um you know that I, I hope they stay safe man yeah and, and you too i mean i know you had an issue with uh concussions and and you're worried about your brain and now you're getting into another fight that's going to be a scrappy slug slug fest for you when is it going to be where you're going to you're going to be like, I know you're going to say, or you said before till the wheels fall off, but I mean, you obviously care about your health and your children and stuff like that. What is it going to take for you to, to kind of say, okay, you know, maybe it's time to move on. And, and this has been enough. This has been a fun ride and the, and the wheels have fell off uh, per se. Yeah. Well, at this point I take each fight, uh, uh, each fight is probably my last fight, you know, Just that, think that's of it that way. I look at it at this point. And, um, and then after the fight, I worry about, you know, the the next step but you know like, like as of right now carlos condit's my last fight yeah and it's and that makes it fun because you know you usually want to give your all in your last fight so i mean that that definitely is a good a good uh a good thing to do when you go in there yeah that's exactly it and um there's probably a higher likelihood that this is actually my last fight than um than ever before you know i've wanted to fight carlos for a long time i'm not gonna you know announce a retirement or anything um not go that far but um you know it's a pretty high likelihood you know this is a, a it'd be a great fight to end on um to go out there and put on a great performance so and, you know and I, and I do have other things going well you know the the gym's going real well you know so i'll be able to support myself in other ways yeah i want to ask you about that real fast but but before that um since you're a tough alum so the tough, tough season's coming back with, uh, you know, a new show and all that. What, what are your thoughts on that with, uh, with the new season coming back and, and how that's going to do? And I love the ultimate fighter personally. Yeah. Uh, I don't watch it. I don't watch the whole show. I just watch the fights, but, yeah. um, I love the show, man. I love the concept. I love the idea of getting these young and up and coming fighters chances to get in there. I love the contender series. Um, I probably like the contender series more than the ultimate fighter. But I, I like it, man. I, I, I like how, I mean, it, it gave me life. You know, you too, right? Like, yep. you know, this is, this is what gave us a, a chance to, 
get to the UFC and, you know, I probably wouldn't have made it to the UFC without the ultimate fighter. So, um, I think it's a great thing. Um, you know, the only thing I don't like about the contender series is, you know, some, I think a lot of guys don't get contracts that probably could, you know, again, one bad fight shouldn't determine you know, the rest of your life. Yeah. So, you know, there, there's ups and downs to everything, but, um, that's why, you know, I really like the ultimate fighter, you know, they get a chance to kind of be observed for six weeks or eight weeks or, you know, however long they do them now. And, you know, coaches around them all the time. They get to, you know, get to know, uh, uh, Danny gets to know them really well and see what they're about and see what their skills are, um, against a lot of different people. And, and a lot of times guys get a second chance while on the show, you know, these things like this, I think it's a, a great platform in that regard. Um, but I, I like it all, man. Um, I, I love seeing these guys come up and do great things. Yeah. And I've, I've shared a lot of stories with uh, some of my tough alum guys from season one. And I've had a lot of guys from other seasons on as well as your coaches, Rampage and, and Forrest on the show as well. Um, any, any interesting stories that never got told from your season that, that you had any interesting moments or has everything been kind of spilled out there? I mean, can you remember anything that was interesting or, or, or unique or just cool that like happened during the show that, that didn't get shown and, and didn't, you never told? Um, Man, I mean, if I probably if I thought about it, you asked me pretty quick. If I if yes, I thought about it, there'd right. probably be some things. I know. I think you you'd probably attest to this too. The the big thing when you watch the show is the editing. And, yeah. And every every like major event that happens, I have to tell my friends and stuff, well, you know, there was also this and this. Yeah. You know, you <laughs> yeah. didn't really get the whole story there. And yeah. you know, a lot of things that happen, you'd be like, dude, that was actually like two weeks later. Yeah. Even though on the when you watch it on TV, it was two minutes later. So I, I don't I don't remember anything major. You know, I had a pretty good season, man. We had a, a, a almost all serious guys. I think we had. Yeah, it was. We had the the Jeremy May guy that I knocked out was, uh, you know, kind of a jokester. But I, he kind of stopped after I knocked him out. And then Matt Riddle, he was a jokester, but he was also a serious fighter, though, and yeah. a very legit fighter and very tough guy. Uh, but other other than that, I mean, we had, you know, we had a group of guys that were there to train and there to fight, and we all got along pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, like, I was always, like, trying to have secret conversations because they were always following us. So, I'd, like, I learned how to cut the mic off on the little thing on the back of my – and they would always get mad oh, at nice. me because they were, like, following us. So they'd always get mad and come find me and make me turn my mic back on. <laughs> it was, like, my – because I didn't want, like, everything – because sometimes, you know, when you're in a house for that long, there's certain things you say you just don't want to be on TV. Not that they'd use it, but you just don't want it to be on there anyway. And they were always like trying to like the police, the little reality police would always come and try to find me and, and turn my mic back on because I'd forget to turn it back on. And then I'd be in the middle, of like the kitchen talking with everybody. And they'd be like, dude, we don't hear what the hell you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I never figured that out. I wish I did. Yeah, I, was, I figured out like day one, dude, that was like my thing. So let me ask you, uh, as far as your, your career, once it's over and like once you get these fights out and however many it is, obviously you got some good fights in you and I'm excited for this one. What is your end game? Like what is it that... Not necessarily maybe planned already, but like what is it that would make you the most happy and, and you'd be the most passionate about doing when you're like, say, 45, 50? Like, where do you see yourself? Like, where, where do you, what do you see yourself doing and, and, and enjoying kind of like after this is all over with? 
Um, I like to be coaching guys. You know, I want to be involved yep. in the sport, and I want to stay on the mats and grind it out, sweating and bleeding with the guys. So, um, so I already got some up and comers that I've been coaching a little bit <clears throat> over the past few years. I've started coaching a lot more, and um, you know, I started realizing coaching isn't easy either. You know, yeah. the, these guys are, you know, the fighters are difficult motherfuckers to deal with, yep. and you know, everybody wants to do their own thing, and everybody wants to. Uh, go different places and you know and I was that same guy so I know how hard it can be but uh, ideally you know that's what I'd like to do and build my gym and have a a lot of good fighters come out of my gym we got a lot of talented guys right now that are on their way up some that are uh, really close to the UFC and a lot of my long-term training partners and um, you know so that would be the ideal scenario um, that could always change, though, because, you know, again, dealing with fighters can be a very frustrating experience. And sometimes I don't know if that juice is going to be worth that squeeze, but you know, yeah. I'll have to see then. And that's the Immortal the immortal Martial Arts Center, correct? That's where you're, that's your gym. And yeah. Cool, man. Yes, and then, sir. are you also doing the gear still? Like you were doing some ice gear, right? Like Immortal Combat uh, equipment, right? Like you were doing some kind of hammers and are you still doing stuff like that? Um, I, I stopped doing that about a year ago. Titan Fitness actually stole all my designs, and oh, they were selling it for, well, somewhere uh, around the cost that I was getting it made for. Wow. So, you know, I, I did that business really as a hobby and just to kind of, uh, um, it was something fun, you know, like I, I grew up in a machine shop. My cousin owns a welding shop. I love working on stuff. I love being out in the garage and doing all that. Um, so that was, uh, I still build equipment all the time. I got some new designs that maybe I'll put out there sometime. Um, that's a really, really tough business. Yeah, uh, of course. Um, and everybody's like, oh, you got a patent it or whatever. And, you know, that doesn't do shit for you. So, um, so ultimately, you know, I'm, I'm happy that my design was cool enough that a big company took it and, you know, now it can get all around the world. Yeah. So kind of overall, all that that stuff but i never lost money on it so i can be happy with that that's good yeah i'm glad your gym's going good and you got some fighters coming up and you're getting that experience and it's gonna be fun man and self-rewarding and and i know you want to come to thailand i know you want to come to phuket and bring the family so eventually there you're gonna you go. have to come and when you do come hit me up let me know i will i will help you plan everything and we will make sure that you come in and, and have the best time get you the best hotel uh you know the best location you could train at ak thailand it's an amazing gym we got a huge facility it's like a it's like a compound you know it's got like a restaurant and a muay thai area outside by the mountain and it's got a huge indoor mm it's like a like a college campus with multiple buildings but it's in the jungle so it's like you'll have a great time we'll have some fun we'll do some training we'll take you out in the islands and 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 i'll give you a ride on the boats and 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 we'll go do some really cool stuff man so so whenever that time comes man and you want to take the family out there hit me up and uh, i'll bring you over here and we'll have some fun and maybe we'll do another podcast in the studio and i definitely love to catch catch up with you again before your fight maybe if you have some time and and just do a quick one and, and see how you're feeling and seeing how things are going and, and 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 seeing how everything's uh leading into this next big fight yeah no problem sounds like a plan on both ends well thanks man and listen it's been an honor to to share a career with you it's been an honor to fight you and no matter that it worked out not in my favor but i enjoy every fight man you know like i, I knew when i got into the sport that you're going to win some you're going to lose some and i cherish 
all those all those moments you know the moments the the build up the the excitement the hype it was a you were a great competitor and it was great to be able to compete against someone like you with that intensity and and that pressure and that that you know that got my fire burning you know so uh it's been an honor to fight you it's been an honor to know you and to share a career with you and and also to have you on my podcast and and uh we'll see you next time man i appreciate it man yeah and same to you it's an honor on my end also and um hope nothing but the best for you guys man thank you so much brother absolutely all right, Matt Brown, what a great podcast. It was so good to talk to him again. You know, I haven't talked to him in so long. Um, and yeah, man, it, you know, he's, he's such an intellectual guy. Uh, he's, he's very serious. And, and that's, the, that's the Matt that I remember, you know, that, that intensity, that, that guy that the killer be killed uh, fighter that, that, that he is. And that's why I wanted to fight him and, and, and we fought. And, and that's what made that fight so special for me. You know, win, lose, or, or whatever, it, it was still good. It was good to get in there. It's, it's not always about the result. It's about the buildup. It's about the training. It's about the, just everything, you know, that, that makes these fights memorable to me. Um, and I think his mindset's good going into this Carlos fight. I think that's an amazing fight, as we talked about. Um, these guys being where they're at in their careers and, and, you know, Matt having that mindset of, fighting every fight like his last. That's what got me through my fight uh, with DeMarcus. And that's a dangerous thing. It honestly is. You know, when I was fighting UFC on Fox 4, that was supposed to be my last fight. And I was supposed to fight that fight. Uh, Dana put me on the main card. I got bumped up. And it was a huge platform on Fox. Um, and so the goal was to win this fight, win it in a huge dominating fashion, try to get knocked out of the night, and then come here to Thailand and build AK Thailand. And so, like, my mind, that was my mind. That was it. And so I was going to leave everything out there as if it was just, you know, obviously it was my, my last fight in my mind. And it was my best fight, you know, and it wasn't because I dominated the entire fight and, and, and just did so perfect. I, I looked far from perfect. I had 910 days off before that fight, three years. Um, so I was very rusty. So it wasn't that I fought such a technical great fight, but it was just that I had that mindset that Matt's talking about, which made it so dangerous. Um, you know, the beginning of the, the fight, I, I landed a big punch, almost got the win. I thought, I mean, he's just so tough. And then he came back and he beat me up, you know, the end of the, the first round. And I had to go back to my corner, you know, with my tail tucked, you know, with, with, uh, with him winning the round probably, even though I got that, that great first punch. And so there was that mentality of leaving it out there that caused me to go out there and, and land that big punch and get that big knockout, which, uh, which was amazing. And, and I think, uh, you know, Matt having that mentality with his style is going to be very, very dangerous. And I think Carlos is going to be in that same predicament. I think he's going to kind of be in that same mindset. So this is a hell of a fight. And I think it might be even better now than it would have been two years ago. So I'm very excited to see what's, what's going to happen. It seems like Matt's working on, uh, the problems that he had in his last fight, and, and he's got plenty of time to fix them. So two guys I'm fans of. Uh, obviously, I have a little more history with Matt, and, and it was good to talk to him and, and catch up and talk about the fight and talk about what he's been up to, talk about the things that he's working on and even the headlines and the the new updates and the new up-and-comers and, and all the things that we got to cover. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Please leave a comment on YouTube. Let us know what you think. Uh, subscribe. Ring that bell. And we got some big podcasts coming up, so stay tuned.